Oh, shit. Here we go again. Somebody asked me one time, actually, just a side note. said, who's your favorite team between the Bears and the Cubs? And I'm like, you know what? That's a tough decision because I love them both. But I have to go to the Bears because the Bears can only break my heart once a week. The Cubs yeah. do it three <laughs> four times a week. You know what I'm saying? Here we go! That game was an instant classic because both teams knew what was on the line. Both teams knew... If we lose this game, this is death for both of us because, yeah, Ohio State has the resume and, like, the past legacy, but one loss for Ohio State in the Big Ten means we're going to have to blow out Michigan, win the Big Ten title steadily, and Notre Dame knows they don't have a chance unless they go undefeated. So it was it was a bloodbath, a real purist football game. Yes, like it, that's yes. what I wrote down. Uh, it was a football purist wet dream. Yes. I mean, this it is was, what? Woo, tough. This is what you imagine when you say a good, tough, gritty football game. Yeah. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and your Cozy and Murph. Oh, fuck that. Cozy up. and your mom. Cozy and your mother. Hot start, ladies and gentlemen. Here yeah. we go. Put that on the gag reel. Yeah. All right, I'm your host, Cody Murphy. I'm here with my esteemed co-host, J.D. Kozad. What's poppin'? Hope you Big guys weekend. are ready to dive into some football, some... Some more football. Some more football and <laughs> a little bit more football. A little bit more football. Where are my cheerleaders at? I mean, it's the season. It's the best time of the year. The leaves are starting to change color. The weather's starting to cool down. The pigskin is getting tossed around. The gridiron is lit. So I'm in heaven right now, you know? Like, I actually have, wake up and I have something to think about and talk about. Big emotional appeal that has, I don't know. I'm on a. I'm still on an emotional high at the moment. Oh, man, I'm sure. We'll get into that. Uh, before we do, I just wanted to uh, let the listeners know we're going to have a guest interview at the end of this episode so it'll be a little probably 30 minute segment at the end um we'll put timestamps so you can go ahead and skip ahead if you don't want to hear the rest of the episode so jd man i know you probably had a great weekend mm-hmm. tell me about it what, what'd you do i know you, you sent me pictures of a the great american ballpark oh yeah and i was kind of jealous so I, I guess i can start there because i that was like I don't know why that wasn't the forefront of my thoughts, but went to see a Reds game this weekend. It was the first one and probably the only one. Uh, there's only four games left with today, five games. And I got the tickets for free from a buddy who won them in a raffle or whatever, but I didn't realize the event that I was at. This was possibly, and I say possibly because we don't know the future, but this could be Joey Votto's last home game, last ball game as the Cincinnati Reds first baseman for forever and it's uh it was like an emotional moment when he stepped up to the plate and I still hadn't put two and two together and I'm I call myself a Reds fan didn't even think about it but it was just by happenstance that you know I was at the right place right time to witness that moment the whole stadium stood up and you know gave him the round of applause he tipped his cap and it was like a real like one of them moments where like you're you're team's favorite player it's his moment he got his moment it was it was pretty dope. Right. and and the reds went on to win so it was a great day for baseball it was like 70 degrees we were sitting in the shade down the first baseline that's some pretty good seats too oh yeah it was nice shout out cody blamey for hooking us up with the tickets and then um 
spent the rest of the weekend for the most part um chilling we did do some running around me and Kay. we went with uh her friends for one of her buddy's birthday and we went out to this like i don't it's where dave chappelle's from it's called uh yellow springs and it's like a little hippy dippy town it's got like the magic stones and you know you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, um and then we went to this dairy where they like have the whole process of making the like milking the cows and then you get the ice cream and they had like all the fall flavors. It was, it was fun time. It was a good time. I had a great weekend. How about you? Man, sounds like you did have a pretty good time. Me? I didn't do anything. I watched football. (laughs) Your life is so much more exciting than mine. I just, the, the the Cody Murphy experience is football. Well, I just, you know, that's what I want to do. And that's what I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, but I also don't live like you know. Yeah, it's near, different. Yeah, it's different out near there. Near any like Nashville and Cincinnati, Lexington, but those are all two two hours plus. So. Yeah, it took us. We're gonna go. We're, to we're there, going yeah. to see. My bad. We're going to see uh, Jack Harlow in December, so that ought to be fun. That's and gonna be awesome. I want to get tickets for the Louisville Kentucky game. That's kind of what I've got up my eye on for maybe the coat the. Uh, tailgate party or or you know i say party but just get together yeah if anybody wants to go to that game you know i'm looking at getting tickets soon so that would be a good time it would, would be, be cool awesome to get game. you know a few of us together yeah for sure and i would get our kentucky fan base fucking riled up i'll tell you what <laughs> right hopefully you know well kentucky will have a decent record i know that the next five weeks are going to be absolutely it's going to be a murderous row of opponents so We'll see. I know we got a big game coming up this week with Florida, so ought to be That's a good a matchup. Huge game. I think it'll be I'd, a good matchup. Yeah, there's still a lot of questions around that Kentucky team, but you know, I'm I'm excited to get to see or anxious to see, you know, what what we have. Yeah. So as we get into it, I guess we'll just go ahead and get into some college football. Um, I've got a few games I want to talk about. Um, then we'll get on to the NFL. So the first game I have is number four, Florida State pulls out the 31-21 overtime victory against Clemson. This was a really good game. I watched pretty much all of the second half. Uh, FSU, I mean, it was a pretty pretty evenly matched game, honestly. Yeah. I thought both teams showed, showed a lot of heart. Um, this is the second week in a row, though, that for a Florida State that They've had a one one score game last week. It was Boston College, yeah. And so that's that might raise a few eyebrows, but I still think Florida State's a solid team. I think number four is probably a good good spot for them. Yeah. Um, on a positive note, though, that this did snap a seven game losing streak against Clemson in at Clemson. So that's a big win, big program win, big signature win for the program. I think that coach Mike Norvell, he's got something going. Uh, they could be a college playoff contender, honestly. And on Clemson's side, they looked a lot better from week one. This was the um, I watched them play Duke. They didn't look very good at all. So they've shown some improvement. They've had some strides, but I think this will be a down year for Clemson. Obviously, they're out of the college football playoff talk. But, you know, they they can still compete and have a get a bid for a bowl, possibly. Yeah. 
And like I was tuned into this game, and it just like for what Clemson is and has been. The more that I've watched Florida State now, I feel like the ACC is going to put out one of these teams every year that is an undefeated runner that barely escapes every week. And it just is like Florida State, like I texted you, it just reminds me of those Clemson teams that narrowly escaped each and every week and then they find their way into the playoff. That's what I think. I don't see any difference between them and those Clemson teams for a couple years ago. Right. I think, I mean, the ACC is, I think it's an underrated, a lot of people, you know, want to talk about SEC, but I guess ACC was considered the second best conference as far as football goes. You're no bat. What? Okay. Big 10. I'll give you the big 10. I'll give you the big 10. Okay. But still, okay. The ACC is the third. I'll give best you conference. that. I'll give you that. So every year they have one or two teams that are that are contenders and it's usually Florida State, Clemson. Yeah. And really that's it. Yeah. I know it Duke has kind of a come out of nowhere as, as I um, you know, had some strides as far as college football goes, but other than that, they kinda all just beat up on each other. It's it's like a mixed bag. You usually get like a sleeper team in there, like a Wake Forest or a NC State, somebody that's like sneaky good, but right, not yeah. that undefeated contender. Which that'll be fun when we expand playoffs. But another story for another day. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know who's Florida State got next week. Florida State has dun, 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 Virginia Tech. All right, I mean that would be a dub. Yep, Virginia Tech, then Syracuse, which is 4-0, weird. And then Duke, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida to close the season. There's some good games the next week, man. Yeah. Really good games. games That's what I love. We're finally in the thick of it now, and each week is a a solid matchup. All right, next game I want to talk about. uh, Number 13, Alabama pulls away in the second half to beat Ole Miss 24-10. First half was really sloppy for both teams. The score at halftime is only it was Old Miss seven, Alabama six. Yep. Or maybe the other way around, I can't remember. No, that's right. Um but it seemed like in the second half Bama finally made some adjustments and they looked a lot a lot better. Finally started scoring some points. Their defense, you know, shut out Old Miss, who's not or they didn't shut them out, they held them to a field goal. Yeah. But Old Miss is a, you know, offensively they are very good. Yep. And so it seems like Bama's kind of figuring things out. I think Milrow looked a lot better in the second half. I think they finally tailored their their game plan to his strengths instead of trying to <clears throat> instead of trying to force him to to do things that are he's uncomfortable with. And so I think, you know, moving forward we'll we'll see a pretty good improvement on what Bama has been the first few weeks of the season. It looked a lot better. I think their running back, that Jason McClellan, they rely on him. They just ran like a real spread offense with those two at the yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, it's, gross offense. it's um, Lane Kiffin. You know, he's going to have a – he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. So, it was think, a good game. Yeah, Fuck Alabama though. 
It's a fuck Alabama podcast. <laughs> I mean, I kind of have mixed feelings about Alabama, really. Or I kind of am indifferent, really, towards Alabama. I don't – you know, they're an SEC team, so I, I hope they win. But if they lose, I'm not, like, shattered. You know, I'm not, like – like, I'm just very grounded when it comes to Alabama. I'm not like, oh, like, you know, they lost and everybody's like, oh, my God, this is – Nick Saban needs to retire. He's too yeah. old. It's like, shut the fuck up. You lost one game. <laughs> anyway. That was, I'm that fan. <laughs> yeah, fuck you are that Saban. fan. We'll, get to, we'll get to the Ohio State game fuck in just Nick a minute. Saban. Just fuck a Ryan, minute. Though. All right, uh, two games that kind of – like flew off, you know, kind of. I missed my radar. Yeah. Uh, that looked. I mean, the score, the box score looked like it was a pretty close game. LSU narrowly escapes Arkansas in an SEC matchup. Score was 30, 34-31. Yeah. LSU needs to keep winning if they want to get back in, back into contention for that playoff spot. I don't know if that's possible. They'd have to win out. They'd have to win, absolutely win out. I mean, one loss, you have to win out. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I love. I love that about college football, but also hate it, is one game. It, if you lose one game, you're done for most teams. Yeah. There's like so, a five-name list of teams that can win or that can lose a game, and there's like a two-name list that could possibly lose two. No, we, we still haven't seen a two-loss team, have we? Get in. No, I don't think so. I know Ohio State was really on the on the like precipice of getting in that yeah. the first year, yeah. and they beat they went out and dog walked Wisconsin by like fifty or sixty, and so the college football playoff committee let them in, and they, and they ended up winning, winning the, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. With, uh, Cardell Jones, I ain't come to play school. Yeah, what a no, legend! Yeah, what a legend! That is, that is a fucking legend. Twelve gauge. All right, uh, next game, number 21, Washington State, upsets number 14, Oregon State, 38-35 in a Pac-12 matchup. Yeah, this seemed like it was a really good game. Uh, I missed it, but Washington State's a team to watch out for. I feel like they're kind of flying under everybody's radar, and they offensively are just, you know, they've they've been great the past couple of years. That Mike Cameron Leach Ward, and, that Cameron Ward fellow, man, four hundred four in the air. That was a big day. Oregon yeah. State, I didn't realize had um, DJ Ogungalagala uh, from Clemson last year. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name either. DJ Ogungalay. U G L I. You ain't got no. <laughs> I didn't realize he transferred there either. I knew he left Clemson, but. Yeah, he was their starting quarterback. One ninety-eight in the air, touchdown, interception. Not a great game. He's, he's got potential, the, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's going to great thing. He wasn't. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to put it together. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about the Colorado game next, and then we'll save Ohio State for last. That's fine. Colorado number, t- Woo. number ten, Oregon absolutely dismantles number nineteen, Colorado, forty-two-six. It was a, you know, it was a route from the very start. You could tell the first drive, it was just Oregon was on another level. Colorado just could, can't compete with that. Yeah. And 
I don't I like I know we were talking when the game was going on and I'm sure everybody that watched witness it's like there was there's different levels to this whole college football scenario like you have to be up there and I was telling you like the second stringers of Oregon you know they can compete with the first stringers of Colorado and it's it's just a matter of time though before Dion's got all those players and it's it's going to come around and I I'd like to see it it's just not right now like it's just not this moment not yet but one thing I will gripe on is man that Oregon coach is a petty little bitch he's a petty man you did you don't you don't like him I love that guy Dan Lanning from it's Georgia just like, he, was, he was Georgia at Georgia before he got the Oregon job it's like I know Dion has hype and all that but yeah, of course he hasn't done anything that goes without being said. It's like if you're really the shit, you know, walk the walk, bro. If you, I, it would have been so much more badass. I feel like I would have respected him so much more if he didn't say a word, just showed up, kicked their ass, and left. And then they're just like, "That's that's how a real program operates." You know what I'm saying? Here's and my so- thing. Here's my thing. I I think it's fine. I think that if like you said, if you're gonna walk the walk, you gotta talk the talk. If you're if you're gonna be Deion Sanders, which Deion already has this huge persona, which I mean, it's bigger than the program already. Yeah. And so if if you're gonna come and have all this glitz and glam and have all these sound bites and have all these snippets and you know have, you know break records in the transfer portal, if you're gonna have all this attention around you, then. I'm going to try to beat you by 100 if I can. I'm going to try to pull Miami Dolphins and drop 70 on you. Be- because, you know, it's kind of like you take your lumps. You got to yeah. you gotta learn to take your lumps. Dion is, is new to this. And Oregon's coach, he doesn't have this, you know, NFL Super Bowl career to, to, to like, trot around. He's earned this through coaching, through, you know – and I'm not saying anything about Dion. This is not, you know, this is not anything. I'm not trying to talk down on Dion because I like Dion. I think it's, I think he's good for college football. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to, as a coach and as a football team, you have to learn to take your lumps. It's cool. You come in three and oh, you just played one of the best games in, you know, five years against Colorado State. But, I think you know it's good for that for that young Colorado program to to be humbled. You need to be brought back down to earth sometimes. And I just really I, I think Oregon's coach, Coach Lanning, he said it best. He said they they fight for clicks, we fight for wins. There's a difference. And I mean, you might not like people might not like to hear that, but at the end of the day, that's true. They they know Colorado's not a contender for the for the title. Right yeah. this year, Oregon is number ten. If they went out, they could possibly be a national champion. And so I think it was just a message. You know, he was out to send a message. This is big boy football now. You know, it's not HBCU. This isn't Jackson State. This isn't Colorado State. This isn't Nebraska. This isn't even TCU. This is you know the big leagues. So I didn't have a problem with what everything that went on. I know, but but like well I said, we'll see. I think it's good for for Dion in that program, and I think they're going to come out next week. I know they got USC, but they're going to play a lot better, a lot harder, 
they're going to, because they don't want to be embarrassed like that again. Yeah. And so that's kind of my take on it. You're right. No, I mean, that's, that's a great take. I mean, I didn't think about it like that, but that, I agree. That is a damn good. I mean, it's just, you know, you got a target on your back when you've got all this media, you know, influx around your program. So. Let's see what fucking um, Caleb Williams threw for today, or the last game. 322 and three tutties. I wanted to check. I had to see. And then I wanted yeah, to see. Yeah, they played uh, Arizona State. Yeah. Right? Yep. And Penix threw for 304 and three, four tutties. He got hurt, didn't he? Uh, I believe at the end, yeah. Got to uh, get him healthy. But, yeah, I mean, I think Penix is going to really put put a lot of pressure on Caleb Williams for this Hosman race. Uh, I, I would like to see it. I'd like to see some kind of push back from somebody to kind of put it over the edge. Something of that sort, but we'll see what happens towards the, towards the end. US. I mean, Shadur is not out of it. You know, no. Shadur's not out of it by a long shot, so. Mm-hmm. All right, last game of the week. Let's talk about it. This is my game of the week. Best game, college football-wise. You already know, number six, Ohio State. Shocks Notre Dame on the last play of the game to win 17-14. <laughs> Man, what a game it was. It was it was an instant classic. I mean, that's two weeks in a row we've had a, an instant classic game so it was, Cozy, let's ooh. hear it i know you've got you've probably got a lot to say so so let's I'm, hear it. I'm at kayla's and we're up in her room watching the game and like oh my god it was i know we had the lead and then we blow the lead and it's closing out it was 14 10 for a long time yeah and it was two minutes left <laughs> And I'm looking at Kayla like there's not a chance in hell this boy, Kyle McCord. Can no, take them ye, down. oh ye of little faith. Uh, it's <laughs> look, there was. <laughs> I will say this. Good for Kyle McCord because the way that they won that game is huge for a person's confidence, morale. And when you're walking around with a high confidence, you're gonna you know you're gonna be playing better. You're gonna evolve as a player. He saw things in that game. He has yet to see in his career. It's only his fourth start. But that drive for Kyle McCord should have been impossible. And if Notre Dame was any fucking good in the secondary, they wouldn't even have made it as far as they did. There was two opportunities for them to seal that game on that last drive on the drop interception. That was the one caveat that I had was, yes, Kyle McCord probably had a career-defining, legacy-defining drive. But he should have been picked off. Yes. Once, if not twice. I mean, the once, the guy had it in his hands. He oh, just yeah. dropped it. Yep. Yeah, so, he should have. And I told you, should have, would have, could have. But they didn't make hey, the plays. And exactly. He, that last throw that he put right in the chest, right there on the goal line, was the most money throw that he had all day. Because there was no better place for that ball to go. I thought he was going to fall backwards into the end zone. Good on Notre Dame for, you know, fighting tooth and nail. Like, that game was an instant classic because 
both teams knew what was on the line. Both teams knew if we lose this game, this is death for both of us. Because, yeah, Ohio State has the resume and, like, the past legacy. But one loss for Ohio State in the Big Ten means we're going to have to blow out Michigan, win the Big Ten title steadily, and Notre Dame knows they don't have a chance unless they go undefeated. So it was it was a bloodbath, a real, real, like, it was a purest football game. Yes, like, that's yes. what I wrote down. Uh, it was a football purist wet dream. Yes. I mean, this it is was, what – Woo, tough. This is what you imagine when you say a good, tough, gritty football game. Yeah. Now, your it, casual fan is going to want to see, you know, 38-42 yeah. or something. Yeah. But a good, hard-played, hard-fought 17-14 game. Man. If you know the game and love the game, that there's nothing better than that. Yeah. You know, because there's offense, there's defense, there's special teams. You know, there's just so much to to admire. But yes, uh, Ohio State, man, they earned it. Ryan Day. Uh, what about his little his little uh, sound off about Lou Holtz? That kind of <laughs> well, caught me off guard. I didn't even know. It caught me off guard too. But I'll say this, yeah, I think this is kind of like when a coach picks out like a captain and it's like it'd be like Belichick picking out Tom Brady and making an example of him it's like Lou Holtz said something and he picked him out and made an example of him because yes Ryan Day has lost the big games and you know there has been many a times where I myself has said his teams are not tough they do not you know have that will they don't have that chip on their shoulder so it was more directed at all media and even the Ohio. It was more. It was how it was Ohio fans, like the Ohio right, State yeah. fans. It was directed at them, but he put Lou Holtz so that it would like he's driving the point home by saying, "I don't care who the fuck you are. You're not going to say that my team doesn't have the guts and isn't tough." And they proved it. I'll say that. You know, I yes. I've been very, very doubtful about this Ohio State team. I've, you know, I wouldn't watch them in person. I said it about the Notre Dame game. I was nervous, and that's a tough fucking win. That was a tough fucking win, and I was shaking my boots all the way to the last second. So good oh, for Ohio State. Good for the Buckeyes. On to the next, dude. Stay alive. Yeah, you still got two huge games in Michigan well, and Penn State. Yeah. So. Um, the only thing I, I, I hate, okay, let me, let me phrase this the right way. So I have a lot of friends who are Ohio State friend, Ohio State fans. Like obviously you and then there's some peop- other people I know. Yeah. And they are the most diehard fans. I mean, they're up there with like Alabama, Kentucky basketball, you know. They're up there with the best fan bases. But they're so, they go so hard for their team. And it's just so – amusing for me to get to see what it's like for outsiders looking in on like Kentucky, uh, Kentucky basketball fan. (laughs) And it's like, we live, we die, we breathe, we die with this team, you know? And I just, it's just funny to me to get to see the passion and, and how riled up you get whenever, you know, things are going nuts that's how, I, that's how I view all you UK basketball. I know fans. we look I'm, absurd. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 that's what fandom is, you know. You you 
care about something so passionately like you can't even describe it really it's just like you give all of this energy and time and motion to something that you have no control over at all like you can sit there and believe that yeah because i wore this jersey today they're going no like nothing you do that's just the yeah that's just the superstition part oh, yeah and the and the like the the weirdest part of it all is that it literally does not fucking matter. Nothing in your life does not improve or get worse because your team lost. It literally yeah. doesn't fucking matter, but we love it so much that we let it like ruin our whole fucking week. <laughs> I'm still mad about fucking Michigan beating us. I'll ruin a whole year until I we know, play Michigan. Y'all be thinking and- about that every day for you know a whole year. Uh, yeah, that's All right, I mean, bo- last thing on college, boohoo for Notre Dame. You know, I'm so, uh, it sucks that you lost that way, but you also uh, only had ten players on the field Dude, in the last the ten fuck? game. There, the last two plays of the game, there was only ten players on defense. So, I mean, that is just like, what the, you know, what are we doing, guys? Mar- Marcus Freeman said in an interview, that- he thought he didn't want to get a penalty, dude. Well, it's half the distance to the goal, bro. You yeah, we're, we're going to gain what six inches to Damn. the goal. Come and on, what a bro. gutsy call to run it! I I kind of I kind of thought they were going to run it. You know, that was but. like an old school Ohio State play call. It made me like really just be like, that's not a Ryan Day play call. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was what I would have anticipated, it would have been. I what did I text you? Fucking cross. Uh, double slant, have Marvin lead, see if the corner and safety care with Marvin and somebody else behind him and hit the backside or hit the second slant. You just got to stick to your guns in that situation. And Travion had been running the fuck out of that ball. Yes. That's 61 yard. He's a dog, by the train way. Train him. Uh, tra- uh, tra- chip, chip, train him. He hadn't had much play all day. He's a converted linebacker. Yeah, he's a big ass dude. And I mean, that's the right guy. If I was Notre Dame and I seen him come on the field right there, you're probably like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker is about to run it. this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Yeah. It was a fucking good game, dude. I'm glad that Hell yes. I got to watch every minute of it. Oh, yeah. And also, UK beat beat the dog shit out of Vandy. So, yeah. that's promising. But like I said before, we've got Florida this week. Cannot take anything for granted. Leary has not looked fantastic at no. all. No. And the quarterback for Florida... Graham Mertz, yeah. He, uh, we actually Kentucky picked Devin Leary over him in the transfer board, so he's got some. He's got a little bad. He's blood. got some ulterior motives here. Yeah, trying to get some revenge. That's not good. I know it. Yeah. Good All weekend right. of college football. Great weekend of college football. Let's get on to the big boy Sunday and Monday <laughs> games. <laughs> Let's go. All right, let's let's go through the pickums here for last week, and yes, we'll sir. talk a little bit about each game, and then um, we'll talk. We'll pick do our pickums for next week, and then we'll talk some fantasy, and then we'll get out of here. We'll get next on. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, for an update standing, we had we had a decent week, not our best week by far. We've actually gone down steadily. Well, Murph had a bad first week, but compared to our last week, we had a step down nine and six or nine and six, nine and 
I don't know how to count. Yeah. Where'd I go? Nine and nine and seven. You went ten and six, right? Yes. I went nine and seven. I don't know how to count. Either way, not my best week. Uh, starting off the first game, well, I'm just going to run down the docket and we can discuss it. So the Giants at the 49ers. We both had the 49ers. I it wasn't even in question for a moment. Yeah, this was my this was my lock of the week, bet of the week. Yes, sir. What have you? Um, 49ers just. Are in a different. It's just like we've talked about with Colorado and Oregon. The 49ers are in a di- on a different level. The the Giants are just in shambles right now. They're injured. You know, Brian Dable is got to figure something out with Daniel Jones. He's got to get Saquon healthy. Their offensive line is hurt as well. Their defense doesn't look great. So San Francisco is a Super Bowl contender. It was just. You know, not much to say other than yeah. a good football team versus a not good football team. Yeah. They just they look they look the Giants are in a really bad position. And good for McCaffrey too is what twelve game touchdown streak. I think he's gonna he has a chance to break Ladanian Tomlinson's record of eighteen and it's it would be incredible if he does. I would love to see it. We haven't seen a, a, a rushing season like that yeah. and Forever. So, yeah. Going on to the Colts at the Ravens. We both took Baltimore, and this game happened to be Man. my bet of the week, which, what a fucking letdown. What I was had, the line? It was, uh, what did I take? Um, over 46. The spread was seven and a half, and I was telling everybody, like, yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to show up and show CJ Stroud exactly what. I mean, he did that. For the most part, you know, 200 in the air, 100 on the ground. But also in the same breath, Gardner Minshew played. And a Gardner Minshew game is a Gardner Minshew win. And I mean, yeah, Gardner Minshew, he's just a gritty competitor. You know yeah. he's going to go out there and do everything he can to win. Yeah. Like you said, I think he's going to be a solid backup for years. He's going to be one of those guys that hangs around. Kind of like a Fitz, Fitzpatrick type guy. Yeah, I think he'll play a long time. And the NFL make you know all kinds of stupid money in, in his time and have himself a nice little career. But I do want to, you know, make sure we bring this up again. It's like the Ravens are missing a huge thing, and that is that deep threat, big body, Ben's type player that you were saying, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, you know, somebody of that stature because it's it's Zay Flowers who's tiny. Odell's hurt. He's not. I mean, he's he's the Ferrari that barely gets out of the garage, and then. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, granted. Yeah, I mean, not not yeah. top-tier weapons. Yeah. And Baltimore and Lamar and Baltimore's never really had that. No. They're known for their defense, and yep. you know, Lamar's known for his running ability. So yeah. they got to figure it out. They got to start winning ball games. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a good ball club. They got to get healthy. Yeah. They'll be all right. All right, next game. Titans at Browns. Both of us dumbasses were riding the Tennessee hype train, believing that there could be something there. And it was the biggest flop by an NFL team yet this season. It was a stinker, that's for sure. Tennessee looked terrible on offense. Um, couldn't stop anybody on defense. Yeah. Just not a good game overall. Yeah. 
on the other hand, on the other hand, Sean Watson did look really good in this game. He probably had his best game as a Cleveland Brown to date. Yep. Uh, if they can get consistently have this output by their offense, I think their defense is good enough to make them a not only a division contender but a a deep run in the playoff contender. Yeah. I think I think they've got the opportunity in that division right now, especially where like there's so many question marks around literally every single team in the division. They have an opportunity. Yeah, this could be a big year for Cleveland if they can finally yeah. put it all together. Could be awesome. All right, we got Broncos at Dolphins. The the blowout of the week. Everybody and their mom saw uh, a Jalen Waddleless team. Dolphins team still run all the way over uh, an abysmal Broncos team. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad whenever you don't have your second best weapon and you still drop 70 on somebody. I mean, 70 is unheard of. I've seen some high scores in the NFL. You know, it's usually at 56, they, they usually call the dogs off and just run the ball. Yeah. But some of these touchdowns were just Denver lack of effort. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't ask Miami to to just fall down on the ball. You, they, you at least have to try make an attempt to tackle. Yeah, and there was none. There was no effort by Denver, and so I feel like this team is giving up. I don't know. It's already it's only week three, and they're all and they've got seventy dropped on their head. Yeah. Next week is going to really determine determine you know what they're about. Yeah, not only as a as a football player, but just as a man. Yeah, you know, you get your ass stomped like that, you got to come back with something look better than than that effort. So, I know I talked about Sean Payton. I think he's gonna blow it up in the off season. I think this is really a tryout to see who he's gonna keep and who he's gonna get rid of. I know Russell Wilson's. Everybody's on the chopping block. Russell Wilson's on the chopping block. You know, they like I said, they signed Jared Stidham to a ten mil ten million dollar contract. You don't do that for a backup. So, I think yeah, I think Sean Payton is. Uh, I think Denver will look night and day compared this next year to this year. Yeah, I would like to see that. I mean, the Broncos are one of the franchises. Like when they're doing good, it's good for football. And I really wanted to see it with Russell, but it, it's like the team doesn't rally behind Russell anymore. So I think it's you know it's it's that time. It's finally at the point where it's time. Where sometimes you just gotta let go. Yeah, and as far as Miami goes, I think obviously the the sky's the limit for this team. Mike could possibly be the best offense ever in the history of football. Yeah, they're putting up numbers that are unheard of. Yeah, I mean they rush for two hundred and four yards. They put up almost eight hundred yards of offense and five touchdowns. I think it was the first time that they that. There was five rushing touchdowns and five passing touchdowns in a game in the NFL. It's absurd. That's fucking insane. Yes. So, Miami is definitely a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. Yes. Yes. All right, next game. Pass at Jets. We have both of us taking New England, which we both got correct. Just no love for Zach Wilson. I mean, he did look good. Semi good in the second half, but it's just like it wasn't enough. It's not going to be enough, and we just seen today that you know the Jets, Jets' plan is to go sign backups. They just go pull out Trevor Simeon, like that's going to do something. 
But I mean, England, Trevor Simeon is better than Zach Wilson at this point. Yeah, let's I be just, honest. Yeah. I, and it's to the point where I feel bad for Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah. And it's just he's in over his head. He, he, he doesn't have the ability to play quarterback in the NFL. And there's not a lot of people that do. So that's not a knock on him. It's just he can't do it. And this is his, what, his third year, second year? Yeah, third year. Third year, Third now. year, and he's just looked a bit like just abysmal. Yeah. So it's a very tricky situation in New York for the Jets because, you know, the questions about Aaron Rodgers, is he going to return? But even still, you have to have a – a plan moving forward, even after Rogers, because he's only going to be there for a year, maybe yeah. another year. If so, they, yeah. you know, you have to, this can't be a wasted season to me to, to keep the locker room together, to keep this team together. Cause you have an all a, a great defense. This is a great defense. Like they held the Patriots to 15 points and they were still in the game at the very end to the very end. So, you know, in order to keep these guys in the right mental state and the right uh, – to keep the morale going, you have to do something to try to win games. You can't just say Zach Wilson is going to be our quarterback. Yeah. Because you're, it's over. They they don't want him in no, New York. They're not fighting for him. You've seen all the shit on and the And I sidelines. hate to say it. I hate to say it. I don't want to shit on him. But, yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. It is what it is. Yeah. They have they have to bring in somebody. Hopefully, they can figure it out. I, I've been like we we keep saying we've rooted for the Jets to figure it out to find a way, and it just hasn't happened. So hopefully, hasn't come to fruition yet. Something can happen. Good for right. Bill Belichick. Good for the Pats. Fuck Mac Jones. All right, um, Bills at Commanders. We both took Buffalo. We still had high praise for the Commanders, but. Sam Howell, worst game of his young career. Man. Four interceptions. It's just tough. I mean, the Bills knew after that week one defeat, like they were going to have to do anything and everything to be taken seriously again. So they've been doing it each and every week. They've been showing, yes. showing they've off. Had, they've had two solid performances back-to-back. I yeah. think <laughs> obviously losing to the Jets the first game of the season and then – Josh Allen throwing four interceptions. Yeah. You knew there was about to be an explosion yeah. in Buffalo. You knew there was they were going to bounce back strong because Buffalo is a good team. They are a solid football team. They're top – I would say they're probably top eight in the NFL right now. Yeah. And so we we all saw this coming. Washington comes in, you know, riding high at 2-0. Nobody really thought Washington was going to – was going to be able to to go two and zero the first two weeks, but yeah. somehow they pulled it out. And you know, Sam Howell had looked good first two weeks. This week, you know, like you said, it's he's very young. He hasn't had a lot of experience, and so you you know you're going to have these growing pains. I don't think this is you know obviously this isn't sound for alarm or anything. You know, you're going to have a four pick game as a as a rookie yeah. in the NFL. It happens. So it happens. Nothing to hang your head about. Just come back next week. Buffalo looks like they could they could be in the AFC Championship again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All good shit. I mean, nothing against the Commanders. I just think I, we don't really know what exactly to expect with Sam Howell. We got time to figure it out. And, you know, the train keeps moving. It, it's all good. All right, Falcons at Lions. 
We were both riding high on Atlanta, and we were both taken wrong. And I think it comes back to what we've said is like, you know, Ritter has to just get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. It's always he failed to do that. Yeah, can he do that? We don't. We don't. He he definitely failed to do that. Man, this was a hard game to watch for me because there were so many opportunities for Atlanta to get to get back in this game and take the lead. Only putting up three points, we you cannot win in the NFL not scoring points. I don't care. We don't have the defense. Our defense is is significantly better this year than it has been. But we can't put up three and expect to win. Um, we missed a field goal early. I think that kind of dampened the, the spirits. Um, offensively, it, our game plan was there. The receivers were open. But Ritter, like, he just can't – he couldn't put the ball on him. And if you can't hit open receivers, it's one thing to hit somebody in a window that's covered, you know, triple coverage, and you fit it in a window. That's a great throw. But to just hit an open receiver and you throw it three, five yards over his head, three to five yards over his head, that's – you can't win that way. Yeah. And unless he can start showing some consistency – I don't think he's the answer in Atlanta. He has to play better. We have to have better play from our quarterback because we have the weapons. We just yeah. have to have somebody to facilitate. Yeah. So, You guys do have Taylor Heineke on the bench, and I do think that he would actually be an upgrade, to be honest, because that dude finds ways to win football games. And I think he he would be awesome for you guys. Yeah, I like Taylor Heineke. I think he did a great job in Washington. You know, he's a scrappy guy. He's going to compete. He's got, a, like we were talking about Gardner Minshew, he's got a little bit of that dog in him. Yeah. You know, he's never, he's always been kind of the underdog in, in when it comes to football. Yeah. So I think if we don't win the next two games, three games, I think we need to have a look at Taylor Heineke, at yeah. least. I know we drafted Ritter high, but man, our, we have a good football team compared to what yeah. comparatively to what yeah. we have been. This is we, we've shown a lot of improvement from yeah. since Arthur Smith has taken over. So when you get a running back room like you guys have right now, you cannot waste this opportunity. Either. Right, because there's only two to three years that they're going to be in their prime. And as far as Detroit goes, I mean, hey, good on them. I'm good glad they them. got the win. They, they, you know. They're a good football team. They, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. Animal. He was in our backfield all day. Desmond Ritter. He was Desmond Ritter's best friend that game. Yeah. So, if the Lions' defense shows up for them like they did against the Falcons, dude, they'll they'll be a team that you do not want to face come playoff time. That's that's a guarantee. Like this is a brand new Lions team. This Lions team is legit. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Detroit's gonna be just. I think they're going to be there at the end of the year. All right, we got Saints at Packers, and we both took Green Bay. It wasn't the – I mean, it wasn't a sexy game at all. Uh, Derek Carr goes out injury. Jameis Winston comes in. There's a chance to win. Big J-Mo show. We've been calling for Jameis Winston. He went 10-16-101. Jordan Love, regardless of interception and, you know, down on running backs, leads to rushing. Leads the way, finds a way to win. 
Jameis had him in position to win there at the end, but the kicker blew the field goal. So yeah, it was a, it wasn't even close. They were down seventeen, and Packers were down seventeen nothing in the fourth quarter, yeah. and then Carr come gets hurt, and they ended up coming back and winning. What was the final score of that game? Eighteen seventeen. That's wild. That's wild. Uh, Jordan Love, I think he's coming along nicely. I don't think. You know, I think he's exceeding expectations now. Yeah. He's he's not he's not blowing the world away or blowing you know blowing it out of the water, but he is coming along nicely. You can tell he's a mature quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't freak out when things go wrong. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it just you know proves proves the point even more that setting behind a, a veteran quarterback is good for a young quarterback that's going to eventually take over. Yeah, I completely agree. I just think the Saints are in a tough position. They do get Alvin Kamara back this week, which I definitely think That's will huge. help. It is a huge addition to a already thin team. Uh, I still don't know what to feel about the Packers, but I think I think they made the right decision moving on from Aaron Rodgers when they did and gave given Jordan Love his time because there's no way like he's he's sat the time now. Now it's like we got to see what we have before this. Um, his rookie contract comes up. All right, we got the Texans at the Jags, and I took Jacksonville, and you took Houston. Your biggest. This is your biggest call out of the week, and CJ Stroud looks so fucking good. He's the best rookie so far, dude. He I put mean, on three, three weeks. He's looked great. He put on Couldn't a ask show. for a better for a better debut. Yes, good for good for CJ. You know that I am a CJ guy. Um, What's and it wasn't even a close game though. Like yeah. the Texans were had that game in hand pretty the majority of the game, yep. Yep. and they put up thirty four points. That's great for a rookie quarterback putting yep. up that that amount of offense. I mean that's awesome. And then yep. I think the Texans are going to be a team that I don't think they make the playoffs. No. I mean let's just let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. But they're going to sneak up on some teams. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, gonna not, catch as, they're not as bad as, as people think they are. Yeah. They're going to catch some people by surprise. And, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they rattle off, like, you know, four, five, six wins somewhere in there. And they're, like, you know, a team that you definitely don't want to, like, catch on a week, like your bad week. Cause right. Because that's a spoiler team there. right there. Yes. They'll, they'll hurt somebody's feelings this year. They'll play upset. And I think they're okay with that. I think they've got that mindset, too. That's kind of how they play. I mean, Tank Dell, five receptions for 145 yards, C.J. Stroud, 280 in the air. And, I mean, I think the biggest question right now is, like, what the fuck's going on with Jacksonville? I don't know. They've they've got to figure something out offensively. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence has just looked skittish, kind of. Like, he's kind of apprehensive on throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. So I, I don't know if last year was a fluke or if they just haven't found their groove yet, but they have to figure some things out offensively. Defensively, you can't give up 34 and expect to win. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville's got Atlanta next week in London, 9.30 a.m. kickoff. So hopefully they keep on struggling because I need Atlanta to win. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a winnable division without a doubt. All right, what do we have next? Chargers at Vikings, the the shit show of the weekend, probably from coaching standpoint. Yeah, what? 
the fuck is Brandon Staley doing? I think he's trying to get fired. I don't know who's worse, him or Josh McDaniels. <laughs> They're both literally both terrible. Things. Like, oh my goodness. Who, why would you go for it on fourth and one from your own 24 up four with less than two minutes to go in the game? He's a buffoon. It I'm, makes zero sense. He, he lucked out by getting this win because oh, uh, if they lost, he's yeah. not even getting on as the soon as, plane. As soon as they lined up to go for it on fourth and down, fourth down, I was like, well, Chargers are going to fire their coach right after the, they lose this game. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't even let him in the conference room yeah. to do fucking post-game media. He was. I, I think it's – I mean, he's only hurt in San Diego at this point or Los Angeles. Yeah, I think he's I think he's done. I think he's yeah. gone. He's got even go. just thinking about going up. Yeah. Uh, going for it there. He's – and there's not much to say. I mean, they, they tried to lose that game once again, the Chargers. I think the Chargers are actually a good team just if they had a different coach. Sad Minnesota. News. Oh, sorry. Sad news. They lost Mike Williams this week, which is a, a big hurt. On yeah, them. that's a big component of their offense. Yeah. But they still – Keenan Allen had one of the best games ever. Yeah. As big a receiver. Game for him. He, was, he needed that. I mean, his fantasy owners have been waiting on that for three years. So Huge explosion. Minnesota, yeah. They like I said, they might win eight games this year. Yeah. They just look bad. They look really bad. I feel – Feel sorry for Kirk Cousins. Shout out Kirk Cousins, but you know he kind of captured America's heart with the quarterback documentary. Yeah, but I mean you're just on a bad football team now, bud. I'm sorry. I went three. I went three. Pretty much means you're out of the playoffs. I think the Vikings should trade him, get something in return, not let him walk in free agency. People, uh, there's been traction on. Cousins to the Jets, so that would that would have to be right now, not in a couple weeks. Yeah, you can't wait to you can't wait till week seven to Yeah, when you guys are already way too way too deep in the hole. All right, we got um Panthers at Seahawks, which this was uh Andy Dalton revival tour game. Uh Andy Dalton had a great game, but Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker had themselves a uh, better game. Yeah, better game. Yeah, I mean, it was them showing off, really. It was like, y'all done forgot about us, wrote us off, and they just came out and they fucking balled out. So good for them. Hey, Kenneth Walker looked amazing in that yes, game. Yes, he did. Yes, looked he did. really good. I, I didn't even – it was Walker. Bryce Young, was he – I guess he was injured or – He is uh, battling an ankle problem. Mm. Yes. Well, Dalton – you know, he's out there. He's probably on the market. That's another quarterback that I could see going to New York. Yeah. I mean, he had a good game. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. watched that game. It was a decent, pretty decent showing for Dalton. Yeah. yeah. Good, good showing by Dalton. I mean, it's just in that scenario, like of trading for him. I mean, he's under a contract. I don't know. I just don't know what you give up for the right. guy that's going to be your starting quarterback for the rest of the season. And if right. You're, yeah. You're, I mean, if I'm, if like, I'm, Carolina, I sit Bryce Young longer than needed. If it like I said, it's tricky. It's a very right. tricky situation. Yeah. All right, we have Cowboys at Cardinals. Ooh, upset of the weekend. Actually, yeah, I said that. Cardinals unexpectedly troll the Cowboys. Supposed to be good defense, great defense, historically good defense, but the Cowboys will always cowboy, and they cowboyed this way into a loss. What the fuck? 
Yeah, what is going on? Yeah. Arizona's supposed to be tanking for Caleb Williams, and they're out here beating possibly, you know, the best team in the NFC East. Yeah. Other I, other than Philly. I mean, I I was on the same train. I thought they I mean, nobody nobody saw Arizona winning this game, no. and they come out and run for like 270 yards on them. Yep. I mean, just ran all over them, exposed that defense. And I know they're missing Trayvon Diggs, but – you know what does he have to do with run, run? You know, stopping the run. Yeah. He's a cornerback. I have a conspiracy. No, let's hear it. Okay, well, it's not really a conspiracy. It's more or less just showing love to. Um, why am I blanking on the Cardinals coach's name? Came from the Eagles. Anyways, um, he is Gannon, right? Is he yes. Gannon? Okay. Um, you know. They the Cardinals have played fantastic first halves all season, right? And they've come out. They showed that their offense and their their schemes work. They're good against any team. Like they they've made a you know quarterback that hasn't cracked a starting job anywhere look better than you know some of the guys that have been starters. I think that yes, they are tanking, but they're doing they're showing like the Cardinals front office do not give up on us like don't fire me because we have a good team you know what i'm saying like right, this, yeah and this cowboys win was them going out or the coach going out and saying like you know what i'm going to do this once this year and i'm going to go out and beat this supposed historic defense just to prove a point that yeah we are tanking but y'all don't forget about me like i'm still a fucking good ass coach you know what i'm saying yeah, I think he's setting setting it up to where he kind of, you know, he's proving to that ownership that, hey, like you said, we do have a good team. We're just a quarterback away or a few pieces away. So, yeah. I, I, you know, good good on that guy. I'm, or, I'm glad that the Arizona is actually showing out, you know, doing a lot better than expected. Yeah, good on them. Fuck the Cowboys, though. I ain't got much to say. Dak. Did his thing. I ain't Dak's even gonna, gonna Dak. Cowboys gonna cowboy. Yeah. You know, anytime I, mean. I don't have to show them spotlight, that's pretty much how it goes. All right, let's keep it moving. Bears at Chiefs. The Taylor Swift bowl game. Uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? We got Taylor Swift now. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to talk about as far as uh, the football was because yeah. Chicago is literally the worst team in the league, and Kansas City might win the Super Bowl for the third time in. Or two times in a row, third time in five years. So I don't know. Uh, Taylor Swift, I don't literally don't care. I don't care who Travis Kelsey's dating. I don't care that she's in the crowd with Travis Kelsey's mom. I just don't care. Uh, like you can show it and talk about it as much as you want, but I literally don't care. It's like I do not give a fuck. I just don't. And there's nothing that you can do to make me give a fuck about Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's that's about all I have to say about that. And that's all I have to say about that. No, it was uh it was a blowout. Chiefs show up, bears are frauds. The biggest takeaway is that Travis Kelsey is gonna have some songs made about him. All right, on to the next. We have Steelers at Raiders. We both did not have the same pick. I took Vegas. I think we. I said that I will never take Pittsburgh again. 
And I'm still standing by that until my feelings are over that. Well, they might be because Nick Chubb has, it is breaking news. Um, Nick Chubb only has a torn MCL, nothing else. So not career ending. Which is crazy. Crazy. A leg shouldn't been like that crazy. I think it's partly due to the fact that he already had one injury that way. And so it probably his knee was really flexible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a doctor, okay? But I mean, that just kind of makes sense to me that may, you know, it's already been displaced once. And so, you know, the fact that he got bent that way kind of worked in his favor and it kind of protected his ligament, his crucial ligaments. I mean, MCL is crucial, but it can, it grows back on its own, it repairs itself. ACL, PCL doesn't repair itself. You have to have surgery. So, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. It's good news. Good for Nick Chubb. Um, Jimmy G looks like dog water. The Steelers find a way. I don't really have much takeaways for this game. I think the biggest thing might be that it is time to let go of the love for Najee Harris. Possibly. Yeah, I just I think he's just an average back. I don't I don't feel like he's anything special. He's got the tools, the physical tools, but I just don't know if it's, he's got like Trent Richardson syndrome or something where he's just not seeing seeing the field well. Um, Vegas Garoppolo looks I don't know. He looks meh. So meh. so, and then Josh McDaniels kicks a field goal when they're down eight with like a minute to go. Or I don't I can't remember how much time was left on the clock, but it's like just go for the touchdown, dude. Yeah, like, there's not enough time to try to get the ball back. Your defense, you know, you ha- Vegas hasn't had a good defense in years. Yeah. So, granted, Pittsburgh's offense is not great, but I don't know. Pittsburgh's just finds a way to win games. That's the Mike Tomlin thing, bro. That's what they do. They're like the exact opposite of the LA Chargers, where they just find a way to win. LA finds a way to lose. Pittsburgh finds a way to win. Every time. It makes no sense. And good for Pittsburgh. I hate Pittsburgh. Um, You're not getting a pick out of me until I feel better about what you guys did. Nick Chubb. All right. We have uh, Eagles at Bucks, which I think a lot of people bought the hype into Baker Mayfield. We both took Philly because, you know, Philly's going to Philly. And the biggest takeaway from this game for me was that our defense is a fucking menace, dude. Yeah. Yeah, your defense is solidly built, has yes. a great foundation. No matter who you have in the secondary, I feel like the front seven is top five in the league. Um, And just Eagles run the ball well. They, yeah. they run the ball well, and Hurts gets the ball to his playmakers. Hertz also makes great decisions. He doesn't make any silly throws. He takes care of the ball. And that that push play is going to be – I think every every NFL team is about to start running this play. Unless it, unless it gets thrown out of the league or out of the rule book, I think every NFL team is going to be running this. Because it's unstoppable, you know. And, I, I think uh, so. I think you're, you're saying all the right things. And Tampa Bay, as far as Tampa Bay goes, I thought they would look better. Honestly, I thought they, I thought offensively they would look better. But you know, Baker, you kind of know what you're going to get with Baker. 
he could he set the world on fire or he could throw three picks. So it was a tough game for Baker because they were like literally breathing down their throat. Yeah. There wasn't anywhere for him. There's to no run. run game there to support, so there just wasn't anything there for him to move on. So I mean, I feel for him, but Philly's gonna Philly. They did their thing. Baker just got uh easy division that he could take advantage of if he wants to. Alright, last game is Rams Bengals, which was an uh giant ugly fest. Ah the Bengals didn't look good. Burrow looked better, but we still haven't seen like the contract Burrow, you know, the guy that's getting paid to do all these things. Like Yeah. He just had Yeah, I mean Burrow's just not healthy. He yeah. to me it looked like he's still struggling with that calf and seemed to me like he, he couldn't really drive through his throws. It seemed like he was throwing off one foot. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of his throws were weak. They weren't they didn't make it all the way there. They just have to get him healthy. I think once he gets healthy but that's the thing, is it's so hard mid season to get healthy unless yeah. you just set out. But they can't afford if they're gonna make the playoffs this year, they can't afford for Joe Burrow to set out. Setting at one and two You've got to win the next five, you know. So I thought it was a a gamble that paid off. I thought it was a gamble to have Burrow out there, you know, risking further injury. But they ended up winning the game. So, you know, good. it was a good risk. Uh, As far as L.A. goes, man, they just looked off. They could not get anything going all night. It seemed like Stafford was just a tick off on on some of his throws. He was trying to sidearm it too much. Yeah. And it just, you know, in a hostile environment, Cincinnati's hard to play yet. And the Bengals' defensive line was getting pressure on him all night. So Good for the Burrows, or good for the Burrows, good for the Bengals to get their, their dub out of the way. I think it's all in, all in good that, that that division is very winnable and they still got a chance because I like the Bengals a lot and I want to see them do great. It's just you never know what you're going to get. All right, that's our recap. Let's go ahead and run through our pickums because we do have an interview to get to. Uh, if anybody has any comments about these past week that they want to talk about, get with us. Maybe we can make a little on-the-side content. We're looking for things to do like that. All right, running down this week. Today is Tuesday, so we're looking at Thursday night, September 28th. We have an inter-division matchup. Lions at Packers is our first week. First matchup of the week. Yeah, Detroit's beat them twice already, or twice in a row last year. Man, I want to take Green Bay. I think I'm going to take Green Bay. I have, I have the Lions here. I think the Lions get get them. I think I think Jordan Love. I think he's going to outduel Golf, and hopefully Green Bay's defense can can stop them enough. All right, next game. All right, we have the Commanders at the Eagles. I think Philadelphia is going to be a consensus thing until yeah, they... the Phillies. They're gonna. I mean, they show no signs of letting up. You know, they're just consistently just solid in, in every aspect. So, I think the only thing that could hurt them right now is Hurts is either not healthy or he's just off. Nah, I think uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's oh playing God, for his, he's playing for his hometown team. Yeah, he's motivated. He wants the job. 
I can see it. All right, go birds. That's what, that's what I got to say on that. <laughs> go birds. All right, um, we have the Bengals at the Titans, which is probably an ugly fest if all all is good, bad in the world, whatever. I'm going to take the Bengals here for a place. Yeah, I'm taking Cincy. I think last night kind of proved that even a, a hobbled Burrow is still better than no Burrow. Tennessee looked like I said they looked awful offensively, and I think Cincinnati's defense is underrated. So, all right, we have the Falcons at the Jaguars. This could be either Jaguars get right game, or this could be the Falcons take this division by storm. I'm going with Atlanta. I'm riding with my with my team. I just, man, I really I don't I don't want them to have two bad weeks in a row. And Jacksonville, I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. I could, I could see the argument for sure for um, – because, like, they really – they won a shitty division last year, and in reality, they won, what, one good half of football last year in the playoffs against the Chargers, maybe against the Chiefs, but – I mean, they didn't do anything spectacular last year that just blew me off my feet. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I can see what you're saying, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Falcons as well. All right, we have Dolphins at Bills. This is probably a this highlight is, matchup. Yeah, this is probably game of the week here. Yeah. Man, I really want to say Miami. Yeah. But I think Buffalo. Especially since Miami has already played New England. I think Buffalo kind of has a recipe to to contain that Miami attack. Now, will that be enough? I don't know. That's the question. That's the tough I, part. I think I'm going to go... What's the line on this game? The line... Two and a half Miami. Buffalo. Yeah, two and a half. I think I'm going to take Miami. Oh, I mean, after a big 70-point week, it's hard not to pick them. I mean, I'm being... But Buffalo played great as well yeah. this past week, so... I, I like what Buffalo... You know what? I like I like Buffalo here. All right. I like Buffalo here. That's good. Buffalo. We need a little parody. That way we don't have the same record. Yeah. I like Buffalo here. All right. Um, we have the Broncos at the Bears. A big old freaking... Gosh. This is a toss-up. I'm going to take Denver... Just simply because they got seventy put on their head, and they're not—they're not, they're not going to lose to Chicago, who's possibly the only other team that's worse right now. I'm gonna—I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna take the Broncos finally get their first win of the season, and I will roll with that. The Bears are probably going to have the first overall pick. Moving on. All right, we got Ravens at Browns, which I think this could be a good matchup. This is a good matchup. This is also a toss-up. I'm gonna. T- I think I'm gonna go with Cleveland, though. I think. I just think Baltimore's too banged up right now. Yeah, I'd like to take Cleveland here. They're finding their way. Deshaun looks a lot better. And I mean that. That's probably the biggest thing is Deshaun looks a lot better. So I mean you can't you can't do anything except for take take that for what it's worth. I'm gonna take Cleveland. All right, we have Steelers at Texans. That's a tough one as well. There's a lot of good matchups this week. There is, bro. I think I'm going to go, man, I think I'm going to go Houston again. Okay. Playing at home. Okay. 
I know Pittsburgh's got a great defense, but offensively, I don't think they can move the ball much. Yeah. I see what you're thinking. It's tough. It's tough. I think I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to take Texans, and I think this is probably the game that Matt Canada gets fired. They're offensive. All right, we have Vikings at Panthers. The Adam Thielen return game. I mean, I think Carolina's... Ah, man. Actually, Minnesota's 0-3. Carolina's 0-3. I think this is the game that I think this is the game Minnesota gets right. Yeah. I think I think they come in pissed off. They should have won last week. So I think I think Minnesota finally you know lets their nuts hang here and, and wins a book football game. Okay. I like that. I mean, I, I don't. I definitely don't disagree because um, I, I want to take the Vikings too, and I want Kirk Cousins to do great. So I'm going to take the Vikings as well. All right, we have Rams at Colts. Gardner Minshew. Stafford. Ooh. I'm going to take Indy here. Yeah. I'm going to take Indy. I think they're another one of those teams that are kind of underrated. I can dig that. I'm going to I'm gonna take Indy as well. Uh, and I'm just going to go ride the Gardner-Mitchell train. Uh, interdivision matchup next. We have Buccaneers at Saints. This really depends. I think it depends heavily on if Derek Carr plays. I mean, I think Jameis Winston is good enough to win a game, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think they can do it against Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay, I mean, Todd Bowles knows knows that that division very well. I mean, he's been in there. He's been in that for five years now, four years now. So yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay here. TB. I am going to ride the Tampa Bay Baker, Tampa Bay Baker Mayfield train, and just go with that, just because I want to see Baker do well. So let's go Buccaneers. All right, Raiders at Chargers. I think this one for me is just an easy decision. I'm going to say the Raiders suck the rest of the year, and I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Chargers as well. Las Vegas is just not a good team. Well said, well said. All right, we have Patriots-Cowboys. Mm, this is a good one. I think New England I think New England keeps it close, but I think Dallas coming off the that terrible loss. I think they're going to show up. I think they're going to think they're going to win. I like that. I like that. I think the Patriots this is going to be a test for sure for the Cowboys. Is what I'm what I'm really feeling. I think this will ultimately be a giant test for them and what they what they are, but they'll they'll pull it out. <laughs> Fuck. All right, we got Cardinals 49ers. I don't think anybody's gonna touch the 49ers until for a while. So yeah, I'm going 49ers here. Can't can't do anything about it. Just gonna ride 49ers. Good for the Cardinals. Good win this last week, but you know you gotta you gotta pick you gotta make strong choices here. All right, we have Chiefs at Jets. Going Kansas City until until uh, the Jets move off of Zach Wilson. As long as he's starting, I'm taking whoever they're playing. I like that. 
It's just not even a conversation to be had about it, really. It's just the Chiefs are going to route them, and that's the end of it. All right, Seahawks-Giants is the last game, Monday night, October 2nd. Might actually be a good game, might not. Geno Smith might take them out back to the woods. Yeah, I'm saying I'm taking Geno and the, and the Hawks. I think I just think they're better. I think the Giants <clears throat> have to get, like I said, they have to get healthy. They're banged up right now. They have to get Saquon back. They need to get their offensive lineman back. They need, they have to get Daniel Jones in a rhythm. I think that's the best way to put it. All right, do you have a bet of the week that you want to go ahead and put in, or would you like to save that for Tony and see if he's got a bet? I think we'll save that segment for Tony, and then we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it with him. We'll see what he says. Okay. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Ladies and gentlemen, now for something completely different. Alrighty then. All right, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We, connoisseurs. Yeah. We have a um, special guest, our second interview on Cozy and Murph. Known this guy for going on four years now. We played a lot of ball together. I met him playing softball, and we kind of just formed a bond over the years. It is none other than my brown town brother from another mother, Mr. Tony Barrera. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up? You're right. Brown town holding it down out here. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to cut the maracha music in right there, bro. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> that is the perfect. No, but uh, like you said, name's Tony Barrera. Um, not much to me. I coach high school baseball now. I work a full-time job like everybody else, and baseball gives me a little check at the end of the year, but it's not really too much. You don't do it for the money. You do it for the kids and the experience. And like I said, I played baseball from the time I was five to about 20 Almost 22 years old, so big part of my life, and that's why I chose to go into slow pitch softball too, and that's how I met you, goons. But yeah, I wanted to keep uh, the the baseball going in my life, so I thought the best way to do that was either slow pitch softball or coaching high school baseball, and I chose to do both. So, so I'm able to do both. both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's a transition for a lot of um, baseball guys once they get done playing. You know, the, it's a pretty much an easy transition to yeah, softball. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know anything else but sports, so got to keep it going. Exactly. So what? What the hell else are you gonna do? Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have you, Tony. I appreciate you uh, coming, bro. I mean, it's it's been too long since I actually, you know, got to see yeah, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Been, been a playing, long time. You been playing softball? You just now you just coaching full time? Um, what you got going on, bro? I mean, I've I've taken more off this year from softball than I have in the past and stuff. I mean, economy. I mean, everybody knows what's going on money wise. Yeah. So I mean, it's getting expensive and the traveling. There's nothing close to. I live in Henderson now, so everywhere unless I'm playing in Owensboro, Evansville, which is only like three tournaments a year, I'm driving two, three plus hours everywhere I go, and I'm just not feeling it as much this year. And like you guys know, I made the transition to to leave Vice City this year, so yeah. I went Chef's Cut and. Like I said, nothing to them. Had a great time, you know. Uh, fully sponsored, which is really nice. Something I'm not ever been used to. <laughs> playing <laughs> yeah, a slow no, pitch. it's a different world, bro. I don't it's know. Definitely different. Definitely different. But it's it's just it hasn't been as fun, man. It's a it's a different it's a different brand of softball. Whenever you play with your with your boys and you have a great time while you're doing it, you know. Yeah. 
a different vibe, but a different feel. I mean, and we, when you, when like the things that we did and went through and overcome, like as a, a group, it's, it's a hard to, you know, redo that over again. Oh, absolutely. And try and find that vibe and shit. So I get it, bro. I've, I've taken a big step back in softball as much as I, I have played in the same breath. It's like, I'm just not having the fun that I did have. And I know Murph. I'm pretty much retired. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much retired. Now, you need to you need to take on the golf course, man. That's what I'm doing. Next I do. Summer. I need to get a, a set of left-handed clubs. Hey, Jason, I'm got highly the plug. considering. I'm highly considering getting into golf because it's like I just can't play soft. Like my body just doesn't have it. Dude, I love golf. Like that's like my next hobby. Like I'm probably giving up softball other than like leagues and stuff because it's paid for and it's close to home. So that's still fun. I get to play with my wife too. And that's a lot the of next effort. step. Yeah, that's the yeah. next step. It goes baseball, softball, Maybe golf. golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always out of golf. Yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, bowling. So too, Tony, man. I know uh, you were you grew up in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So I and I know you're a diehard Bears fan, Cubs fan, Bulls fan, and I guess Blackhawks fan. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. Got to shout them out. I don't watch it too much, but I definitely follow. So. um I guess we'll just get into it. What's your take on the Bears so far this season? Um, coming into the season, I was actually very excited. You know, I know you were hot on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked at the wedding not too long ago, and I was like, "I'm gonna holler at you when they're eight no, and then that, I'm like, <laughs> <not> gonna... <laughs> "Hey, confidence is key, man. Confidence is he said, key." Look at us. Look at us. I meant I meant to say oh and eight. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must yeah, have been drinking you. a couple too many beers that night. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got it all mixed up. <laughs> no, but um, you know, you add add someone like DJ Moore, elusive playmaker, and then you add Tremaine Edmonds on the other side of the ball, and that was my biggest thing was we had to get an offensive line and some defensive players because the Bears averaged twenty four points a game last year and only won three games. That's, like, wild. that's unheard of. Yeah. So yeah, my take wild. on it going into the offseason was the Bears are the best number one draft pick team of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like to be that bad but that good at the same time, we had to increase our defense, you know? Yeah. And going to it too, like this year we've had our troubles in the in the secondary. We've had at least one to two guys out all year so far. I mean, I know it's only three weeks in, but we've had injuries in the in the secondary, which hurts because obviously we get killed throwing the ball, but we've given up bunch of rushing yards to running backs as well. So I can't really blame it all on the injuries in the secondary. Well, like I wish I could. It, it also doesn't help that your defensive coordinator resigns literally in the middle of week three. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. But like I said, I was I had high hopes coming into the year. I knew we'd have a slow start, but I didn't know it looked this bad so far. Uh, going into Justin Fields, man, like he's, he, he's an athlete. You can't take that away from the guy. I mean – JD, you know that. Yeah. You're big big Ohio State guy, you know? Yeah. You've watched him, what, three years over there, four years yeah. over there? So, like, three he's, years, he's got the potential. Yeah. yeah. And you've seen it last year, even though it was late in the season. And, uh, I mean, I've been making excuses for him for two two weeks, almost three weeks, to about the first quarter of last week. And I'm just running out of excuses for the guy. I could blame it on the, the play call. I could blame it on whatever, the offensive line, whatever you want to call it. But – even the times he has three to four seconds in the in the pocket, which is a lot of time in NFL, he's just standing there looking looking around with no one to throw it to, and guys are wide open. He just doesn't see them. Yeah, I don't understand that aspect of it. I, like you said, I can understand 
you know, the offensive line play affecting him and coaching and play call affecting him. But whenever you're missing wide open receivers, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying like you throw the ball and miss them. I'm saying you don't even see them and they're I mean, standing wide open. It's a Sam they're, Darnold like he's seeing ghosts or something. Like that, it's <laughs> it's yes, it's an issue. And to play at the at the NFL level, you can't. You have no. to be able to hit open receivers, like I said yeah. earlier. You got to be able to see them. And if you go through your progressions and you don't see it, then run. I mean, you, you run like a four three, four two or something. He's fast as hell. Yeah, I think ball. he. I think. This offseason, they kind of pumped him up and said, "Hey, uh, let's. We want to make you a pocket passer. Like we know you have elite level running, but you know we're going to win from the pocket." So yeah, I think that kind of got in his head, and so now he's second guessing himself whenever he yeah. naturally he would want to take off, but you know in the back of his head he's like, "No, I need to pass it." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Another take too is like the Bears were like great rushing the ball last year and they've fallen off like Khalil Herbert hasn't even got going yet this season uh Roshan Johnson their rookie he's been looking good but you can't work your passing without first establishing the run game because then Fields could be at his best where he can play action off the run get out open space if he sees somebody he goes if not he just takes off 15 20 yards on the field until we get the rush game going we're we're gonna be in trouble yeah I think the biggest issue in Chicago is the coaching. I, that's I think it's I the coaching that. I staff. Think it all comes back to that coaching staff. Bro. Absolutely. And it's like you said. I mean, it's not like the Bears don't have any talent. There's just no cohesion to it. There's yeah. no direction. It's like they're asking Justin Fields to do things that he doesn't. He's not comfortable with. Yeah. The defense has no lead. There's no leader on the defense. There's nobody to get them in and out of checks and in and out of calls. I know Edmonds. that added Edmonds in the offseason, but didn't he – he was injured in the Chiefs game, wasn't he? I think so. I think he – I think he – Yeah, he left halfway through. I don't he remember what the, the injury room. was, but, man, they just – I feel like, you know, they need to fire the coach, restart, and you have to get somebody in there. If you're not going to draft another quarterback, which I don't think there's enough sample size on – Justin Fields. I think they need to get somebody in there who is a quarterback whisperer who's going to be able to instill confidence and also run an offense that he's that tailor is tailored to his game plan or to his strengths. That's like uh, uh, there's a big question coming up because if you guys do fall all the way and you guys end up being the number one pick, like what do they do? Do they take Caleb Williams? I think you have to. You have to, right? And and do what? Like, I mean, trade Justin Fields. Yeah, it's like, and then he's gonna go somewhere else and go off. And and, and yeah, yeah. He'll, be, he'll be the next fucking Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Is it is it deeper than coaching? That's my thing. It's like the Bears have such a, a historic franchise, and it's just every year it's it, it's it, I think it's deeper. I think it's organizational. Like it's it's the whole thing needs a wash, bro. I think I think Ryan Poles is doing his job as a GM. I just think the coaching staff needs to be be fired. Obviously, they have um, they had a uh, Matt Nagy, and they act like he was a problem. But now you see him at Kansas City. I'm pretty sure he's calling the offense, right? Yeah, right. If you have an offense to call plays for. Obviously, they're going to perform for you. Right yeah. now, it's the it's not that the talent's not there. It's just they're not finding, like you guys said, they're not finding the right play style for Justin Fields. Yeah. I understand that guy has like great accuracy downfield. He's shown that 
through all levels of football he's ever played. But first of all, if you can't give him enough protection in the pocket to look downfield to get his receivers downfield, and then if he's not seeing the receivers, I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster if you're trying to keep him in the pocket. Yeah, I agree completely. That's big. It's rough. Who do the Bears have this week? Who did we say? Denver. Denver, bro. Denver. On – I think it's like Sunday night football or something. So the it's whole like, world gets to watch this embarrassment. Yeah, this could be. You guys lose to Denver, and it's good. People are going to say the Bears literally are the worst team in football. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, at this point, you're either. I hope they don't have a midseason surgence at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to go 0 and 4 and get embarrassed, just lose the rest. Denver, right. Yes. Lose the rest and get a high pick. Like, take a top five. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's the that's the worst thing you could be in professional sports in this day and age is mediocre. Right. You either need to be really really bad or you need to be really really good. Like if you're in the middle somewhere, you don't have there's no there's nothing to try to push you up or bump you down. Yeah, you don't you get know, a high like, draft pick and you're not winning any championships. You're just floating in the middle. Exactly, you're just kind of floating around. So, fuck. At least you have that going for you <laughs> in Chicago. We didn't, lose by, we didn't give up 70. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So at least Taking you can positive. say that. Yeah, at least you can positive. say that. Man, uh, it's so. I don't know. It's going to be a rough season. I'm going to still put on my Bears jersey, grab some Bush Light. Hey, you got to, man. Cheer them on every weekend. And I'm going to get disappointed. Somebody asked me one time, actually, just a side note. said, who's your favorite team between the Bears and the Cubs? And I'm like, you know what? That's a tough decision because I love them both. But I have to go to the Bears because the Bears can only break my heart once a week. The Cubs yeah. do it three, four times a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, Cubs, the Cubs do it fucking that's, that's good. 80 that's times looking a year. At it. I can respect that answer. Yeah, absolutely. Go Birds. All right. <laughs> I know we, we've talked – we've mentioned it in other episodes. Uh, we talked about it. I've, t- I've talked to other people about it. But what – you know, you were the first overall draft pick in our uh, fantasy league this year. Yeah. Came out with Christian McCaffrey, but then you did something that I personally have never seen before and took four straight running backs out of the gate, your first four picks. I've literally never seen somebody do that before. It's usually, you know, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, quarterback. You know, that's usually before you answer. Before you answer, Tony, did you do research on the league? Prior, like, did you no. look at the rules and shit? You you just literally. was going, you were just going running back out the gate. No, so, 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 okay. I didn't do ex- extensive research. Literally, yeah. you saw my message in the group literally five minutes before the the draft, and I'm thinking right out the gate, Jay Jetta. Everybody in the world is thinking Jay Jetta first pick, right? But then I start looking, and Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they're all projected way more than any receiver on the board. So I'm like, oh, shit, hold on. Let me look at the – let me look at the, the the way the points are set up in this league. You know what I'm saying? Because it's set up a little different. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Like you said, it's the first year we've been doing – you've started yeah. this league, so you're trying to make it a little bit more exciting, something to fun yeah. to go by. So I accidentally threw a loop to everybody in the league and not even on purpose. I messaged and said, holy shit, like three minutes before the draft, the quarterbacks are juiced, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought and you were taking my homes. I was going you said that. Brain and then, and it wasn't even on purpose is the craziest part. I'd love to take credit for it, but it wasn't even <laughs> on purpose. <Yeah. laughs> so at the end of the day, it worked out perfectly because I'm like, you know what? Christian McCaffrey's a dog. If he stays healthy the past 10 years or eight years, six years or whatever, healthy years, he's been absolutely dominating fantasy football from the game. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? San Francisco's 
great. He's going to catch the ball, and he's going to run the ball 20 times a game. He's going to get about three to four receptions with some yards. And I looked real quickly, like I said, I mentioned before, quick, quick as hell. Every reception is a point, and every rush was a point. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. So going into the draft after seeing that every time a guy runs, whether he gets negative three yards or plus 20 yards, he's going to get a point. Yeah. You know? So I was like, you know what? If everybody starts taking quarterbacks, I'm going running back heavy because we have our two running back spots, a flex spot, and a super flex. Yeah. So I'm thinking if I can take four RB1s, <laughs> I'm literally got all four of those spots locked down. Yeah. And that's, that's what I did. That's nuts. It works. It works. It was smart. And all that was, yeah, like, that was slick. Yeah. It was like, we were all like, at the time, we were like, is this guy an idiot? And then we went and looked at the rules. We were like, oh my God, we fucked up. We <laughs> Absolutely. Fucked up, bro. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take some garbage quarterbacks towards the end. I mean, I got kind of got nervous at first. I didn't want to draft them that early, but people were like taking two of the best quarterbacks in the league, top two, like their first two picks. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have nobody. I'm going to have to go with Baker Mayfield. In hindsight, now he's having a decent year. You know what I'm saying? He's not yeah. doing terrible, but ended up going with first pick was McCaffrey. Second pick was Josh Jacobs. Then I got another pick back to back. Took uh, who to take? Took J.K. Dobbins and Tony oh, Pollard. Yeah, it took Tony Pollard. And then when it came back around on the Tony Pollard pick, actually, I wanted Derrick Henry, but. I think Murph might have took him like maybe two picks before I did. Somebody did right before I got him. So I was like, damn. Then I went with the the backup plan, Tony Pollard, and obviously it's working out because the man's putting me 40 points a week. You know what I'm saying? He's a dog. But Yeah, so uh, – well, go ahead. Okay, like I said, but I ended up going with what I went with. And through the first week, I put up like 250 points fantasy, and all of my running backs got me 40 points because of the, the point system on our league. So I'm thinking like – great and then jk dobbins gets murdered on the field and i'm like uh oh gotta figure something else out and i mean the injuries has just been unbelievable this year honestly yeah, it's been oh unreal. and i think that kind of goes to the fact that none of the starters played in the preseason yeah i think moving forward there will be you'll see a lot more starters playing week you know two weeks three weeks in the preseason yeah, absolutely. They have to because they have to get game time reps. Yeah, there's no other way to get ready. And whenever you go out and you, you know, you're going balls to the wall, and you haven't done that in six months, you know, there's gonna injuries are gonna pile up. Uh, Josh Jacobs, man, he hasn't been doing much of no. anything really. Guys, I've got great. him in another league. Luckily for me, he's getting touches still. And yeah, in our league, that, that's still getting me buckets in our league, which I didn't take him in another league that I thought about, but I mean, obviously in my other two leagues, I'm in three cash leagues this year, which is the most I've ever done at once. I would usually do two. Same. And I, I kind of like, it's, it's been more of a hassle with three leagues. Like I started Zay Jones this week in one of my, in my biggest money league, the one I should pay most attention to. And he was out a week before oh, they, the, the game started, you know, luckily you I still yeah, won. I did that. Yeah. It was just ugly, but yeah, it's good though. I think you've got a good setup for our league. At least you could make, you know, a little bit of money back towards your friendly donation to the other leagues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of how I see it. If I win, <laughs> yeah, if I win yeah. one of my leagues, I'll be in the positive at this point. So, since I worked at the car lot, I joined a fantasy league that year. You know, all of them rich yeah. people like have hella money, so they want to go fifty dollars a league, person in a league, twelve person league. So, uh, this is my fourth year in it. In the 
first year and the third year, I won first place and I've won second place. So I've made like $500 in the three years in that league. So I'm in my mindset, I'm paid up for the next six. You know, (laughs) (laughs) the next 10 years, I'm paid up. Hey, if if you get a spot next year, hey, holler at me. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Now, the most I've ever paid for fantasy football was 20 bucks. And I ended up winning that league. So, yeah, my other money league is twenty dollars. It's my work league, and there's like, I mean, they're fiending, dude. There's like four guys that are brand new to it, and they're picking up people off the. And every time there's a thing that pops up on their phone, like this is who you need to pick up. I swear to God, they're reading it top to bottom, and they're picking up all the guys (laughs) off the waivers. They're like, they're on it, dude. (laughs) They don't miss. That's how fantasy is for some. It is. It is kind of funny though. How watching guys do that because I do the same thing. Like I, I'll get a message on my phone. Like so-and-so's made a roster move. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, maybe. I'm like, who, I was like, who they, who the hell did he pick up? Should I have picked him up? It's yeah. too late now. I'll get him yeah, next yeah. week. <laughs> or it sucks. And you got a good team and then you're winning every week. And then you don't get, you get last pick on the waiver wire. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's true. Or you've got a good team. Any waiver wires at all from us. No, no. Or you've got a good team and you're winning, and then you have a week where you've got four of your guys are on a bye week. Yeah, absolutely. I've had that happen before, too. I'm struggling with that. Week nine, bro, if you're playing me, you're welcome. <laughs> I've already looked at it. I had you there. last week, and I even had a pretty good week, and it was just shit from the kid. Yeah, whenever, like I said, if I have McCaffrey, Jacobs, and Pollard still, they're going to get me 40, almost 40. Hey, Pollard has been, he's been balling out. Absolutely. They even had the the Cowboys were embarrassing on offense last week, and he still got me like thirty points. Yeah, it was nuts. Well, I just I wanted to get you know, but kind of behind the scenes look at what you were thinking that night whenever we drafted, because you know that was kind of kind of like a big topic of discussion. Um, so before we do our top three athletes and get out of here. Fill me in on this Chicago Cubs team this year. I haven't really, like I said, I haven't watched much baseball because the Mets have been terrible this year. So so starting the year off, the Cubs are kind of mediocre. And um, I, bought, I bought the MLB.com app, and I have a jailbroke fire stick. So any chance I'm at home and the Cubs are on TV, me and the wife are locked in. You know what I'm saying? We're telling the kid to shut up, go to his room, watch his <laughs> iPad or something. We're locked in. Sometimes he'll watch with us. He knows who the Cubbies are. If he sees a sign, he's going to look at it. Yeah. Early in the year – um, we were kind of mediocre, kind of in between. You know what I'm saying? The Pirates had a huge jump to the season in the NL Central. The Brewers have stayed consistent throughout somehow, some way, even with injuries. Always. Yeah, Yelich has resurged again like he was when he won the MVP. You know what I'm saying? Especially against the Cubs. He's always going to eat for some reason. I hate him. But um, we stayed we stayed in the hunt for the first couple months of the season and then battled some injuries. Uh, we had – when Yelich – or not Yelich – Excuse me. Um, Bellinger got hurt for about a month, and um, Mike Talkman, who was played for the Yankees two years ago, got cut. Went and played in Japan. We picked him up as a free agent this year, and he is absolutely unbelievable. And it's a crazy story. If you ever have time, look into it. The dudes went off this year, robbed a home run against the Cardinals at St. Louis to win the game. I mean, he's he's been he's been incredible for us, especially stepping in on the times when we needed him whenever Bellinger was down. But, like I said, they uh, had a terrible month when Bellinger was out as far as the team goes. But yeah. they've uh, their pitching has stayed consistently good to keep us in games. And here recently, 
uh, the Cubs are hot, man. You know, in the month of, uh, what was it? August? Maybe No, August was a bad month. June and July, they kind of went crazy. And yeah. they won a bunch of games. Yeah. And the pitching was stellar. Uh, side note, I put a $25 bet on Justin Steele to win the Cy Young. And it was looking great. It's to win yeah, a big man. money. And then the last two starts have been kind of kind of ass. But he's playing. He's pitching right now, and he's throwing a gym against Atlanta. Yeah. So there's a well, chance. Nobody, nobody's taking it from Strider, unfortunately. No, I don't know, man. Snell seems like he's a front runner. Last time I saw two weeks ago, Steele and Snell were the only two that were there because of Strider's uh, unfortunate high ERA. I know he's got like 400 strikeouts or some crazy yeah, number. He's, <laughs> he's got dumb strikeouts, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be. He's him. a he's a quad father when it comes to baseball. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess the quad father. The quad, literally, <laughs> literally. I like that. Yeah, he's. Nah, but I said. So what's uh, the wild card? What's the wild card race looking so like? So the wild card is looking. Um, it's kind of tight, man. Like I said, the the Cubs lost five straight last week. You know what I'm saying against the Diamondbacks, who are tied in the wild card with them right now. It's not good. And they lost three. I think they took one out of six against the Diamondbacks. And they played them in one week, went to uh, Colorado, and then came back and played in Arizona and then lost three straight. So, I mean, it's not the fact that we lost five games, but it was the fact that you're losing them to the people that you're competing in the wild card against. So we gave them a huge jump back into the wild card. Um, Count today, there's six games left of the season. Unfortunately, we're playing the Braves three times and then the Brewers three times. Yeah. But crazy things have happened. If the Cubs sweep Atlanta and sweep the Brewers and the Brewers somehow lose their three-game series now, we're tied because we're six games back right now from the Brewers. So we could literally be in a, a play one-game playoff against the Brewers to see who wins the division Man, if all things work out. That'd be awesome. I'm hoping you guys get fucking swept under the water because the Reds are right there. They're too, two games bro. out, right? Two yeah, games the out. Reds are two games out of the wild card, and they're I mean, battling we, right now. We just we just put up a bad show. Uh, two games against Pittsburgh, we lost two or three. And fucking, they had they won on Votto's last home game, which yeah. possibly is his last home game. But it's looking it like just, it. Yeah. A lot of young talent coming through, man. It's an exciting yeah. time to be a Reds fan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I hate on the NL Central teams because, obviously, you play against them. At the end of the day, fuck the Cardinals. Excuse my language. Yeah, but that's nobody all, likes that's the all Cardinals. that matters. Fuck yeah. the Cardinals. They're at the bottom of the barrel. Love to see it. Yeah. Um, the Reds <laughs> are exciting to see, though. I mean, I watched a couple of games. You know what I'm saying? Whenever, They're fun, bro. They're fun. Uh, They're fun De La Cruz came up, man. That was a huge month for them. Like, he was just the spark they needed to get back into contention. They won, like, yeah. what? A stu- like 12, 15 straight or something? Yeah, it was 12. Well, they rattled off a bunch. They, well, they were, they were like- this would be a fun conversation if my team was any good, but unfortunately <laughs> we're dog water. So, um, I mean, y'all you know, made some moves. It's just not panning out right now, man. I know. it, And it never does, though. It never <laughs> does, though. It's not that it's not working out or it doesn't pan out. It, do- it never does. So, anyway, um, playoffs are about to start, MLB playoffs, so we'll – We'll probably take a, a a little break from football and probably talk a little bit more baseball as the World Series comes starts getting Absolutely. closer. Uh, last thing I have, um, you know, being that you're a Chicago native, figured we would discuss maybe give our top three Chicago athletes. They don't have to be from Chicago, but player people that played at 
in the city of Chicago, we'll say. Okay, so obviously you're going to have to go with MJ. I mean, he's so I figured iconic. MJ would be number one on everybody's yeah. list. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, he is just so great for the city and, and, and for the basketball in that era and time. Like, um, retiring and going to baseball is probably the worst decision he ever made, but he should have just retired and just never came back, you know. Leave on top. Because a lot of people do remember the, the 45 days when he was not great. You know, he came back and it was just – he was there to have fun at that point. He wasn't there to compete. And, but, like I said, six for six in the finals, and you could always hold that up against anybody's head when you talk about the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like he I went mean, there yeah, consensus – he's the consensus GOAT for the sport of basketball. So, yeah. And he's going to be – I mean, and I, and I hate that for uh, sports athletes in general. Because I don't care. You can you can get a eight foot point guard that averages eighty seven points a game, and people are still gonna be like Michael Jordan, six for six. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no matter how great LeBron is, everybody's gonna make the argument, and it's just the old heads that do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's ever gonna be better than Nolan Ryan because he did it in the eight in the nineties, whatever eighties, seventies, whatever the years he played. And it's just like the old the older generation will never let younger talent be great because back in their day, this guy was doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's rough for the young generation of talent that's coming through. Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, absolutely. I'm tired of hearing it. Anyways, uh, I would just go, so I would just, I'm going to go with my favorite bull of all time. Then we'll go with my favorite cub of all time would probably be, or the best, you got Sammy Sosa's in the conversation, obviously. Yeah, I wrote Sammy. I wrote Sammy Sosa. That, that's mine. Yeah, Sammy Sosa's definitely in the conversation because he was he he brought baseball the excitement of baseball back to the city of Chicago when he was in that home run race with McGuire because there were so many bad years and nothing to look forward to as a Cubs fan, and he kind of gave that spark and that and that juice back to the city of Chicago when it comes to baseball because he was in the headlines, you know. Completely agree. Yeah, he was my – back in the day, like way back in the day, he he was like my favorite player because my T-ball team was called the Cubs. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, there's a there's a black dude on the Cubs. He's number 21. <laughs> I was like, I like Sammy Sosa. <laughs> I like uh, – Then he turned white and ruined it all. Yeah, yeah it turns out he's actually – He's not even black. He's like Dominican Republic. He's like, I always something. wanted to be an American. <laughs> I've never seen that clip. <laughs> Oh man! I think my biggest Chicago guy would probably be Derrick Rose. Yes, absolutely. Rose, I have Drew, I have Drew. him as an honorable mention. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say Kerry Wood if we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, oh, that's who I was gonna go to. That's who I was gonna go to, man. I mean, his, his rookie year he threw what twenty strikeouts in a game. Yeah. And, I mean, that's unheard of. You know what I'm saying? You don't even see that anymore. If you see a 14, 15 strikeout game, you're like, holy yeah. shit, that dude shoved. You know, twenty? That's unheard of. Different, different I know you want to go. I know Tony wants to say Javi Baez. I mean, I'm a big fan. You know, what I'm saying a huge fan of Javi Baez, and he was great. And he was electric. He's kind of like a, like a, a excitement player, like the Tatis of the world, the De La Cruz of the world. I mean, he had speed, power, contact, and he'll he also aggressive. swing in a, a pitch that's six foot in the dirt. Absolutely, he's he was <laughs> premeditated, hey. but when he got a hold of it. <laughs> I, he he's the definition of all gas, no brakes. Absolutely, like literally, just no change up, no curveball, straight straight speed. <laughs> I got I got love for Javi. I've, I've always wanted him to do good, bro. 
I just love the the glove game, man. The defense was unheard of. True. Um, my number. Okay, so number one, MJ. Number two, Sammy Sosa. Number three, I think you have to go for me anyway. You have to go, Brian Urlacher. Absolutely. He he. I mean, you can go back to like '85 when you go Walter Payton. You can go the fridge. Yeah, we can go yeah, Walter Payton, Terry. Mike Ditka, Singletary, even all the way back to to Ditka, uh, Butkus. But in my era, in my lifetime, Brian Ur- Urlacher is the bear. He's Mister oh, Bear. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like fifty four was my number. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? like right, he was a yeah. Uh, I mean, even going to a, a Blackhawk man. I mean, Patrick Kane. He's probably one of the greatest. Yeah. Of all time in the sport, as far as hockey goes, and I don't know too much about hockey, but he he was he was definitely up there, you know. And he did great for the Blackhawks. And I'm not big on hockey, so I'm not gonna speak too much on that. But Patrick Kane was a dog. And he's one of the big names I could think of when it comes to the Blackhawks. Uh, uh, Anybody else you want to mention? Yeah, like Derrick Rose, like you said, man, like. I was so excited, so happy. I still think if LeBron picks Chicago instead of Cleveland, <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah, we're looking at championships. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you had young Jimmy Butler, a healthy D. Rose. You would have LeBron. Then you had Joakim Noah being the dirty player he is down low with Carlos Boucher as well, you know. It well, been, could have been. Could have been. Could have been something crazy. I, I started – my hatred for LeBron started the day I watched – stayed up to like midnight watching this damn news – Thing where he was like he was picking a college for the first time yeah. with three hats, yeah. you know. And the day that he picked Cleveland is the day I decided to hate the guy. I think that was the case for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, one more good. name. One more name. I want to throw out there: Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo, yes. Um, oh, like he was kind of old when he got to Chicago, man. But he, no, he did. But he was thing. part of that. He was part of the World Series team. Absolutely. I got his big-ass poster behind me. I got him on my wall like three times. I got Javi on my wall. I got Chris Bryant on my wall. Kyle Schwarber got hurt. He played Schwarber, two yes. games two games in that season, the year we won, 2016. And then he sat out the whole season for injury and came back in the World Series so he can DH on the road and absolutely made a big difference in that game. His first at-bat, he hit a double off the wall, and he was limping around because he couldn't even stand up. But he was out what there a, competing. What a legend. And going back to 2016 real quick, my boy, like, we're down 3-1. I'm damn near crying myself to sleep. But anytime someone asks me, I'm like, 3-1, man. Just still, We still got a fighting chance. <laughs> going to bed crying, but I'm thinking, like, we're going to win this anyway, right? I'm telling everybody that. Had no faith in the world. And then one game after another, we kept finding a way, man. And game, that's probably one of the best game sevens in history of sports. In man. history. Yes. It's unbelievable. It's got to be. Got to be up there. One of the greatest baseball moments ever. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, what was on the line for both teams at that? You know what I'm saying? That was against Cleveland. Yeah, yeah right? Cleveland was in a big drought too, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're still there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. They're still in the drought. And that's like the that, that that reminds me of like I know the kind of getting sidetracked here, but in 2015 the Mets went to the World Series. Yeah, they swept but, the car. The we Cubs. haven't we haven't yeah. even sniffed. The, I feel like we haven't even sniffed the playoffs since then. Which I know we've probably made the playoffs, but. We haven't even come close to the World Series in yeah. eight years. And who was your uh, the king that year for you guys at the plate? Was what was his name? Murphy, second base? No, what was his name? Lefty, older guy. And he batted like 
Daniel Murphy, yeah, he bet like six hundred for the Mets, bro, in the, the postseason. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and then we didn't, and then we didn't sign him the next year. Yeah, and the coast took him, and he was ass. So. Yeah, yeah, no signing. That dude in Colorado would hit three fifty every single fucking year. Oh, absolutely! Like it was oh like the Colorado effect. Yeah. All absolutely. right, guys. If there's uh, any closing thoughts, if not, then we're gonna go ahead and close this out and get out of here. It's eight o'clock. Yeah, it's getting a little late, but. Uh, uh, shout out to my little homie Kaisen, man. He's getting big. Sure. He's gonna be. He's gonna be an athlete one day, man. I mean, he already is. He uh, plays in a little soccer league, right? And he's literally the youngest kid. Like the cutoff for the birthday to be three and four in the league was September first. He turned three in September first, so he's out there. I think he got like ten goals in the year, and there's only six games, so he got one more game left. And he's out there eating, man. Tony's out there keeping track, keeping stats. <laughs> I, swear, I got to the day he only. He only, uh, one of the goals I haven't counted in the 10, obviously, was an own goal. And he kind of got confused yeah. there, you know. It's part of the game. It happens. <laughs> it happens. No. Nah. But you never know, man. He uh, he loves sports, and he loves the game of everything. You, any kind of ball he put in his hand, man, he's going to he's gonna love it. So I'm excited to watch him grow up. I'm excited to see all the babies grow up that were part of the Vice City family, man. It's yeah, unbelievable, dude. honestly. For, for sure. And it's like. Like I keep tabs on on people's like how their kids are doing. Absolutely. Like, like you don't think about that when you're a young man. Like when you're 23 years old, you don't think about that. But like now that I have a kid, now that you have a kid, like you know, it's neat trying to kind of keeping track of how they're doing as far as Absolutely. You know, just life. And you I mean you you get off Facebook for a month and you see a picture pop up and they're like seven. Yeah, like they're, they're like twice the size. Yeah. They were. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. Honestly, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It makes me feel old, though. Honestly, for real, yeah. I turn 20. thirty next month, so me too. I'm 26, <laughs> you know, no, and I, I feel old. Turn 30. I was like, I turn 30 next month. Jeez, shut the fuck up. Well, how old are you gonna be? 29. 29. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, you made it this far. You're at the end. Thank you for listening. Uh, just a couple things I wanted to mention here before we get out of here. Um, the Patreon, I think we're going to do a, a bonus episode where we go through, we're going to do some betting content, which we'll explain more about it later. But basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, put some money on my account and each week I'm going to go through, when we do the pickums, I'm going to do $5 straight up who wins bet. And then we'll we'll go more in depth on the bonus content on the bonus episode. Um, we're working on getting ad reads, and we're going to work on doing a trailer. That way, we can finally make this thing official and <laughs> finally feel like a professional podcast for once. So, with that being said, JD, take us away. Appreciate you guys. Glad we have you out, Tony. Again, you have been wonderful, brother. It's great catching up with you. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime you need anything, you let us know. So, all my people, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check us out on all of our social media pages under Chrissy and Murph. And with that, we say peace. 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 Peace.